Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Please Ask Mickey, and a podcast about being real. It's for mums, it's for women, it's for, well, literally anyone. Um, you don't have to be any of those things to listen. All you have to do is have ears, and that's pretty much it. Okay, that was really lame. But anyway, let's get on with it. So, um, as you know, this season, this season we're talking about birth stories. We're not talking about birth stories. We are talking birth stories. Um, and so today's guest is Laura. Laura, hello. Hi, Mickey. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so your birth story is, I mean, like, I read a lot and a lot of birth stories and yours really stood out to me um, because it's very unique in the way you had a preemie baby. Yes. Yes, which is something that um, I feel like oh, we definitely need to discuss and talk about and your daughter's story needs to be told and that's what especially hit yeah. home for me when you said like you just, her story deserved to be told and I was like, fucking oath it does. Um, so I'm so looking forward to hearing it. Obviously, I've had like the dot point version, um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> like the under 200 word version, but you cannot tell a birth story in dot point form and under 200 words. So, no, 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 it's not normal, but nothing about motherhood is normal, no. I've discovered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking oath, it is not. No. Um, but I so, honestly feel like I say what the fuck to myself about 6,000 times a day. <laughs> oh, same. Oh, my God. My daughter actually fully swore hardcore. I mean, she swore <laughs> a few times. But the other, day, the other day I was passively – Chris was like had got home from work and was sitting in his car on the phone and I was just like trying to get dinner, all this sort of stuff. And I was going like, for fuck's sake, Chris, walking around saying for fuck's sake a thousand times. And Maddie just comes up to me and she's like, for fuck's sake, for fuck's sake. And I was like, no, Bubba, Maddie, that is a mummy yeah. word. That is a mummy and daddy word. And she's like, for fuck's sake. And I was like, oh, no. And she's trying just, to embrace it. Somehow. Yeah, I know. I was like, well, fair enough, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, she Clear and coherent, then yeah, yeah, all over it. I was like, don't say that to daddy, don't say it to daddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so let's let's talk about um, your story. So let's start off, tell us, for starters, how many kids you have, how old your daughter is, or, you know, and um, a little bit where you're from, um, yep. and, what is, and then tell us about your pregnancy. So let's start there. Yeah, so Quinn is our first. Um, human daughter. We've got a beautiful fur child um, who came first. Yes, Um, (laughs) we yeah, obviously we live in Sydney, so just down in a little sleepy suburb called Bonnet Bay. Um, We actually had to close the door on the city life when we found out we were pregnant because we just wanted um, more room Um, and the big backyard. Yeah, so that was um, that was a like a massive adjustment in itself. You know, sometimes like we log on to Uber Eats and there's no Uber Eats, which is just that really would weird. suck. Yeah, and yep. I'm like, oh, strange. But you know, we have a beautiful house and big pool, and it's um, definitely making those times where I just can't leave the house a lot easier. Yes. Um, oh, that's so true. Yes. Yeah, so Quinn is now. So the thing with premies is they go by two ages. So there's their birth age, which means obviously the day that they entered the world, yeah. but then there's actually something that's called their corrected age, which is how old they actually are. So in Quinn's case, she's actually six and a half months old. So she came and joined us all Earthside at the beginning of February, yeah. but developmentally she's three and a half months old. So basically she spent her last trimester, um, I didn't have a last trimester, and she spent it in an incubator in a hospital at the Royal in um, Randwick, which was just fantastic. Oh, my God. So she's actually, like, corrected age. She's the same age as Marley. Yeah. Yeah, um, a little baby. <laughs> so, how, so how far along were you when you had her? So I was 29 weeks. <gasps> um, yeah, That was sooner weeks. than I remembered. Yeah, so super, super early. Yeah. Um, so, you know, actually it's only just at the moment, though, that I'm sort of sitting here and I've got a couple of friends that are really heavily pregnant and I love to rub their bellies because, to be really honest, I never had one. <laughs> so I just looked like I'd had a big burger for lunch. I never actually, like, popped per se. Oh, really? Yeah. So I just felt like, you know, people were looking at me going, has she put on weight? Do we ask that question? Oh, she yeah. might be pregnant, but she just looks like a barrel. Oh you know, was, that was annoying. Oh, yeah. damn. So did you feel like you couldn't wear, like, the tight dresses that, like, showed the bump off? Or... Yeah, I think people were just like, oh, wow, that's that's game. 
<laughs> not that's a cute pregnancy outfit. It was definitely a oh wow. Mm. <laughs> oh damn, pregnancy is not like not about being cute anyway. No, well, I did learn that. I mean, and that's as a you know first time pregnant person and yeah. all of that. Nothing looking back on it, nothing about um, our journey was was kind of textbook. So I actually got a new job and signed on the dotted line of like basically my dream job. And I just had, I think it's the first of like that real motherhood intuition kicked in. Mm. And I don't know what made me do it, but I was just like, you need to do a pregnancy test. Oh, my God. And I'd, I'd signed this contract. I'd sent it off. I was sitting in my old desk about to resign. Mm. Um, and I ran down to the corner store and did a pregnancy test. And I think before I even did it, I, I knew. All right, I love that. So is this like yeah. literally within the same day? Yeah, yeah, oh. within like the hour. And it was weird, like I, you know, signed on the dotted line but sort of thought I should do the pregnancy test before and I was like, no, I shouldn't because just do life. Yeah. Um, yes. And I, yeah, walked around with the um, pregnancy test up my sleeve for about half an hour going, okay, well, you knew that was going to happen, so what, what are you going to do now? <laughs> Oh my god! I'm just imagining being like I love just picturing being in your I don't know body. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds so weird. weird. <laughs> like yeah. a psychopath, but like yeah, that's oh amazing. Okay, keep going. So that was that was crazy, and then yeah, so I think we were about six weeks by the time yeah I did the the test, and so everything like just I called my GP straight away, and everything kind of kicked off, and I was a bit like oh, okay, cool. So this is what we do. This is how we go about it, and. um yeah, I had a good first trimester, well, the first six weeks of it, and then probably by the second trimester, I just, I, I was sort of like, are you supposed to feel like this? It just doesn't feel great. I don't, mm. I don't like what's happening to my body. And quite, I felt like quite quickly I wasn't myself anymore because, well, you're obviously not. Yeah. Um, those hormones do some fucking shit to your head. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like I just, I'd have days where I was just this absolute like running around like crazy, having the best time ever, and then literally would fall asleep on the train and miss my stop going home. Wow. The exhaustion is next level, I, I think, yeah. like being pregnant. Yeah, but I, I think I just didn't sort of connect the two. I was yeah. like, oh, no, whatever. Um, and then, you know, we went through Christmas and that was just kind of average not being able to really party. get into it with everyone else and party. Yeah. Um, and my birthday, and that I was sort of like, oh, well, this is exciting. And, you know, everyone says to you, Oh, your next birthday you'll have a baby, and it's like, oh yeah, fuck. Yep. <laughs> When's your birthday? Because I was the same. Like, cr- yeah. I was pregnant over Christmas, Christmas, New Year's, wedding season, yep. my birthday. Yep, my birthday's October. Yep, we had wedding season <sighs> as well. So, yeah, best girlfriend's wedding, and then New Year's was just let's get one great photo and go home. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know everyone just wants to stay awake and you're like, I literally am so just angry at people. I don't know why. Know. <laughs> and yeah, so it was all good. But then um, the end of the year was a real whirlwind for us, actually. We obviously moved away from the city, um, found a house in the suburbs, which we, we do love. It's great. So the move was all like a combination of Marie Kondo crazy you know, so army organised because yeah. I just didn't want to lift a finger. Yeah, so, you know, I you. said, hiring everyone to pack, unpack, move. But, you know, there's still even the coordination and pointing about where things have to go was tiring. Yeah. Oh, and moving is so stressful. Yeah. And so that was in January. And in Sydney, just this past January, we had like it was a scorcher for us. And obviously, you know, whenever it rains or it gets too hot in Sydney, people don't know how to cope with life. You're right. So <laughs> it was like living on the sun. Like I, I know that's probably a bit dramatic, but oh, really? Um, how hot was it? So hot. I think we were like we were always in the 30s, and a couple of days like really high 30s for us, and oh it was gosh. just humid and gross. See, I'm from Queensland, so that's just that's like just normal for yeah, you. Yeah, like above like 37 was like pretty wild for us. Yeah. Like anything below that was normal. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you're freezing your tits off right now and I'm in a T-shirt. Well, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, there were times before we moved to our new house that's got a pool now that I actually would fill the bath up and sit in the bath because it was so hot. <gasps> oh, my God. So, yeah, it was terrible. Um, oh, and especially were... pregnant. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, especially pregnant. in the middle of the night, like my partner would be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, having a bath. What are you doing? <laughs> because I'm literally sweating my fucking asshole off. Exactly, yep. exactly. I know the feels. 
And um, so we moved in the middle of January and it was all happening and we were going to have a big welcome, like home, what is it, like new house party, whatever, housewarming. Yeah. And coinciding with Australia Day and, you know, my friends are saying, like, are you sure you want to do it? You're actually just, you know, you're going to get to six months soon and you're going to have to start to slow down. And anyone that knows me knows that I'm a real goer, like I'm a real busy bee and I was really pushing the envelope on it all. Yeah. Um, and a couple of days after we moved house, I went to an obstetrician's appointment and she said, like, your blood pressure's really high. Like, what's going on? And I said to her, we've just moved house. It's full on. Like, it's crazy. It's 65 degrees. Yeah. Cool, whatever. Anyway, she actually admitted me to the hospital and we just uh, had to sit there until my blood pressure went down. And she was like, I'm concerned, but not overly concerned, but I actually want you to really rein it in. Did you? And um, I felt like I did, but cutting a long story short, Quinn was born six days later. <gasps> wow. Yeah. So, you know, we had the Australia Day party and I remember opening the door and one of my best girlfriends was there and the look on her face sort of said it all. And I said, what? She goes, yeah, you um, you look like shit. Oh, my God. And I was like, I know, but is this pregnancy? I said, like, I just look, I don't know, I don't look like myself and I look like I've just woken up all the time. Mm. Like, I don't, no amount of makeup or no amount of smiling can fix this. And I actually sometimes look back and think, was that it was all sort of coming to an end for me and it was happening. Um, and I just didn't feel great that day. I remember trying to get comfortable in any position and it wasn't happening for me. And I remember thinking, I cannot do another three months. Wow. Um, and I don't know if many other premier mums feel this, but I sometimes think to myself, did I wish for this to happen? And it actually happened. And it's taken a lot for me and a lot of work with, you know, I've got a really great therapist that the mind is powerful but not that powerful yeah we can't you know will something like that to happen that much no matter how many inspirational instagram quotes tell you you can yeah true you can't yeah so one day um so i did drop back and started working four days a week my boss was awesome but one really hot day i said to him i'm gonna leave i'm gonna go home i'm gonna have a swim it was a thursday afternoon and he was like okay cool see you later and i said i'll log on later and just check emails Got home, jumped in the pool, you know, flounced around like a big beached whale. It's great. <laughs> and then thought, I'll just dry off on the side of the pool. Anyway, um, it was completely dry and then went and stood up and there was just this puddle. <gasps> yeah, and I was like, oh, maybe there was just, you know, water just stuck in my cozies. Cool. You're whatever. like, maybe my cervix is so large now yeah. that I just swallowed like yeah, half the pool water. and it's just yeah. come back out again. <laughs> totally. And I was like, and you know what? It didn't even cross my mind, Mickey. I was like, that's really? what happened. Yeah. I was like, I'm so fat. I'm just housing, you know, water like in little crevices of my body. How so much, wa- went, like, was it, how much, what are we talking? We're talking like big I, wee or just like, was it the gush? It was a wee. Yeah, it was a wee. And then, yeah. you know what, that's actually, I went upstairs, had a shower and all that sort of stuff and was dry again. And then it happened again. Oh and gosh. I was standing there and I went, oh, okay, you're not crazy. And the first thing I actually mm. Googled was um, instant incontinence in pregnancy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to like do a blog post or like get people. <laughs> yes, because I Googled like how to find my own cervix, like or yeah, just right. so much crazy shit that I was like, I would hate for someone to see my Google search history because so it I is like disturbing. Amazing. Yeah, when it predicts what's happening, what what you're searching, and I'm like, I'm not crazy. Someone searched this before. <laughs> yeah, oh, good. It's coming God, up. It's not just me. <laughs> I know. I sit there and I'm like, we're like a team, me and this person out there. <laughs> There's one other person in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, and then I was sort of like, okay, that's really weird. And still, it didn't cross my mind. And well, it wouldn't have because you were so you were so, so early. early. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I thought, you're either going crazy. Okay, cool. Let's just see what happens. And I dried myself off again, and I actually got into bed because yeah. I was like, I'll just sleep it off. Yeah, right. And then it happened again, and I actually just called my obstetrician straight away. And she said to me, just describe it to me, talk to me, blah, blah, blah. And she said, look, I don't want to concern you, but I need you to go to a hospital. And she was so calm about it that I was calm, obviously. Yeah. So I was like, 
okay, cool. And after the week before where I was, you know, admitted with the high blood pressure, I was a bit like, this will be one of those things that turns out to be nothing. Yeah. So I was at this stage, I'd gotten back into a cosy and like a smock because I was going to go for another swim later. (laughs) You're like, when I get back from the hospital. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I like, and I was like, you know, I need absorbent clothes, whatever. And these are the only things that fit. So I got into the car and drove myself to the hospital. Oh, my God. And when I got there, I realized I didn't have any shoes. (gasps) So I'm scrounging around in the back of the car and managed to find like a pair of scroungy old thongs. Yeah. And then it wasn't until, you know, I went back to the front of the car to get like my wallet and things like that. All I had was my wallet, my phone, my keys, that (gasps) the front car seat was wet. Oh, my God. And I thought to myself, like, okay, I don't know what's happening, but I'll go inside and they'll just fix it. They'll stick a little Band-Aid over whatever is happening. Your vagina. sort it out. Yep, my vagina. Let's you got Band-Aid. Keep everything yeah. There. So they knew I was coming. My obstetrician had called. Yeah. And so I went in there and they said, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be sitting here for fucking ages, like your hospital, recent hospital experience. Ugh. I'm like, I'll just be sitting here with all these sick people but immediately went into this room. There were all these people. And still, I was like, hi, everyone. What's <laughs> happening? Like, nice here in the aircon. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, like, lay down. They're like, we're just going to check things out for a bit. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. No worries, spread your legs. Yeah, and I'm like, cool, let's let's do this. And they did it. And then, you know, I sat up and she said, look, you're not dilated. Um, and I went, okay, cool. Well, see you later. Great news. See you in six months. Oh, yeah, not and they six went, months. Yeah, three months. months. Yeah. yeah, and they went, no, but your waters have broken. And I said, I beg your pardon? And they said, yeah, you, your waters have broken. I said, um, what do you mean? Like, what? what's happened? Well, okay. And then this nurse came in with this tray of all these injections. And that's oh. when I started going, okay, what's happening? I said, okay, well, just talk to me about this. Like, so at home in the car, it was that my water's breaking. Am I going to have a baby? And they said to me, typically, you will probably birth within the next 12 hours. But what we watch for is that potentially babies are so fucking amazing. She said they actually can um, regenerate their own fluid. Wow. So we're going to send you to Randwick, which is probably about half an hour away from where I was. Yeah. And it's still even, you know, if someone said to me now, you're going to have to go to Randwick to birth your baby, the first thing in my head would be, if you don't live in the area, there's a problem. And yep. at the time I was like, oh, that's great because it's where we used to live and it's a really like, cute hospital, it's really nice. But I was being sent there because in the odd chance that my baby would be born, which she was, um, that's the only hospital in Sydney that could look after her. Oh. So I didn't even realise that some hospitals cannot deliver, you know, under certain weeks yeah. and things like that. And I was at one that wasn't. So, yeah, so... Still hadn't really sunk in for me. And then they started giving me these injections and I'm going, what's happening here? And they said, these are for if the baby comes, she's actually not strong enough. So we need to give her these steroids. And I'm going, okay. And that's when it started to get a bit real for me um, because I'd only actually seen her the week before on a scan and she was, you know, the size of like a, I don't know what fruit, like maybe a big banana. Yeah, okay. like not not big enough to... Yeah, you know those apps yeah. that are like, oh, the baby's a banana. I was like, well, it doesn't feel like a banana, but anyway. Um, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then they sure? said, yeah, yeah. And then they said, all right, well, off we go. Let's sort this all out. And I said, okay, let me just call my partner. And they said, no, 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 we're sending you in an ambulance. Oh. And I'm like, I'm standing here in mismatched cozies, like just a smock with a hand, like, my wallet, watch and keys and phone and whatever. And, yeah, from then, Mickey, I actually, I never went home. Jesus. So, yeah, we got to Randwick. Um, I spent one night there and then the next morning they did a scan on baby and they said, look, she's regenerating fluid but not much. So you're actually just going to be on bed rest and that was the fucking worst. Like I said to them, what do you mean bed rest? So can I get my computer and still do my work and things? And they're like, no, bed rest is actually, you know, resting the mind as well. So your body just basically goes into a state of just maintenance is all that's needed. Yeah. So and I was, guess heal and like, yeah, I was starting to, to panic about that. I was mm. not really coping with that kind of concept. Just the thought um, of not doing anything. 
Exactly. Yeah, mm. and like being around all these people that were coming and going from the hospital because I said to the doctor, like, bed rest for how long? And they said, well, we'd like to get you to term, obviously. And I was like, Jesus Christ. That's a lot of bed rest. Yeah, and they said, or at least 34 weeks. And I went, well, that's four and a half weeks away now. So, okay. <laughs> um, and then, you know what, the next night came and I was just kind of rolling with it all and um, that kind of same instinct came over me and I hadn't felt her move for a while. And, you know, that's like, you know, they're the red flags in hospital. And as soon as I said that to a midwife, um, this is probably about nine or 10 o'clock at night. They brought in, you know, the big monitoring machines and everything like that. Um, Strapped those on to me. They actually moved me into a room on my own, um, which, you know, things started to get more and more real. And then I actually somehow managed to fall asleep. And when I was woken up, they were putting a catheter into um, a cannula into my arm, getting all the catheters, all the stuff ready. And I'm looking at this midwife and she said, you need to call your partner. And I said, well, I said, why? And she said, the doctors are going to get your baby out today, tonight. Fuck. And I was like, I was just sleeping. Like, what do you mean? And she was actually quiet. She was talking quickly and she was working at the same time. And that's when it sort of really sunk in for me. And I called... Um, Ben, my partner, and I said, um, they said the baby might come tonight. And the midwife held my arm and she said to me, the baby's coming probably in the next 45 minutes. He needs to get here now. Fuck. Okay, I'm just crying a bit. (laughs) And I I was like, "Um, okay, did you hear that? Because that's what's happening. And, you know, I think one thing that's really important as well is men don't obviously talk a lot. And I've asked Ben a few times. And he sometimes gives me like little excerpts of what he was going through at the time. Yeah. And he had actually chosen to sleep at work. He's got like um like bunks and stuff set up in his office. It's the industry that he works in. And mm-hmm. so he was five minutes from the hospital instead of forty five minutes where we live. Thank God. Yeah, and he said to me, he goes, Yeah, I got up and I started, you know, like just fixing the office so that everything would be fine because I knew I wouldn't be back in a little while. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I started moving like a few cars around and just getting everything sorted for the next day and then I left. <laughs> so I actually saw Ben for the first time. I saw him through the little theatre doors because, oh and I was starting to panic because, you know, they had said, we're going to have to start without him. Oh. And they'd given me the spinal taps and everything and then, you know, the one of the doctors said, oh, is your partner like really tall, glasses, dark hair? And I said, yes. Thank God. And then, yeah, it all happened. It just all happened. And, you know, um, I was really, really scared. I didn't know what she would look like. Um, Yeah, that would be really, that would be a really scary thing. Like knowing that she was going to be so much smaller. There was a paediatrician there and, oh, she's actually waking up. Hello. I know, I was just going to say, Marley, just, just, yeah. <laughs> Marley's in the studio with me, everyone. So if she you. know we're talking about us. Yes. If, Hello, is Marley. this not just like a podcast for um, mums? I'm just breastfeeding him right now. <laughs> and, um, you know, there was a paediatrician there and she said, do you have questions for me? And I said to her, I actually, I just said to her, will she cry? And I could just see it on her face. And she just looked at me and she said, probably not. Um, And she said, but please don't worry about that. And I didn't even ask this, but then as soon as she had said that, I said, I won't get her on my chest like everyone else does. And that's when the the start of, you know, this is such a different birthing experience happened. I like, I didn't get to hold my baby until, you know, the next day or anything like that. And, um, but she actually roared her head off when they pulled her out. And she I had, she just screamed. Oh, oh, no way. Yeah. And it's like the vibe in the room changed. So I remember a midwife saying, this little girl's got something to say. She's beautiful. And she, the oh. midwife actually came up to my head and was oh. like, she's here, she's breathing. Oh she looks gosh. great. I know. And I was, <gasps> I think I was trying to cry, but I don't, I, I you know. You probably would have been in such happening. shock. Yeah, and I said to Ben, like, did you watch her come out? And it was really sweet, actually, just the other day. He said, no, I was all about you. And he said, you said that you didn't want to see it or watch it. Um, And he said, so I I just wanted to stay with you. 
Oh my god! I yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna cry a little bit. <laughs> that is insane. Like, do you feel like she was just like she chose to come into the like she obviously almost wanted to come into the world early? Do you yeah, think? Yeah, and you know what? Like what you've said just then is really natural. But I sometimes have like a really strong aversion when people say, "Oh, she just wanted to meet you sooner." Mm. Like I'm like, as I've gone through the depths and, and the low parts of the, the premier experience, I'm like. Fuck off. Yeah. No. She, and like, and it's little bits like she was supposed to be safe, protected by me for that whole time. Um, but I don't know, like, she obviously, uh, but the one thing I do stand by, Mickey, is like I said to you, I was feeling that bad, but I think that my body was like, this kid's better out than in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and the first thing that they actually said to me was, she's a fantastic size for the gestation that she was. That's so and, good. So yeah, how how big was she when she was? Born? She was fourteen hundred grams. So she was like like a little bag of sugar, really. <sighs> how yeah. how much is that in pounds? Do you know? Oh God, maybe like is it two two pounds? Fuck, two pounds? Yeah, about teeny, that. Teeny, teeny, tiny. Yeah, she was oh. tiny. Like so, Ben's obviously got big monster hands, and she her body would have fit in his hands. Oh my God. Um. Yeah, and she, I remember the one of the doctors saying to me, the, the paediatrician has a, um, they're not rushing around, there's no major, you know, machinery or stuff. He goes, Laura, that's a really good sign. Oh, wow. He said, you know, like, they're not rushing to take her away and they've called Ben over and I could see him, sort of, they were letting him touch her. Wow. And they said, they don't do that when the baby's not, not in a good place. Yeah. Um, and I sort of just lay there and I watched them wheel her away. And then, yeah, they were just sort of sorting me out. And I lay there listening to them talk about their weekend. <laughs> and, yeah, so this is about oh, 2 o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah, 2 or 3 in the morning. And then the, the head surgeon said to me, he said, oh, your parents are actually outside. So Ben had messaged them and they had come straight away. Um, and the one thing that got to me there is they wheeled me out. My dad was there. And my mum was, you know, she was there as well and she was, she's a midwife and she was asking doctors about the baby and my dad looked at me and he said, and you're my little girl? I'll cry now. You know, and he was like, I said to him, you know, dad, you've got a granddaughter and he said, but you're my little girl. Oh my God. (laughs) I know. And I was just like, and that, you know, that sort of thing, like now, you know, second removed, but my dad was just. Oh. You know, I'd just been through this major surgery. The last time I saw him, I was, you know, like, hello, what's happening? Still yeah. waddling, still yeah. looking like I've attacked the sizzler bar. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, and then our, our premier journey started. But, you know, they were sort of got me into recovery and they gave me a few things to push my recovery along quick, like faster because I, and I remember hearing them say, we need to get this mum down to the NICU, to the baby. Yeah. So... Um, they're big on that and, and I've learned so, so much good. about that now. Yeah, but it was insane. And, you know, I got to hold Quinn probably the next morning um, when I could feel my legs again. <laughs> they won't give you the baby when you feel all, you know, yep, feeling um, in legs done from your spinal tap. Yeah. But then in between that time as well, I had nurses coming in to try and milk me and that was a great conversation because, um, they said to me, you know, we need to get the colostrum from you, for your baby. And this is just how much I didn't know. And it just described motherhood, I think. I just said to them, well, that's not that's not happening because my baby's down in the NICU and I'm not ready to breastfeed her. Yeah. And then they actually had to get, like, the head lactation person to come and speak to me um, and explain to me what was going to happen and how they have to sort of push you into, yeah, expressing well, you just wouldn't even, like, you wouldn't have been even remotely no. mentally prepared, you know? Like, in your head, you were like, well, how did how did it even go? Like, how'd your milk go coming in? Because you still had so long to go. Like, did it come in? Exactly. Right? Um, it or? came in probably a week later. That's still oh, very impressive. Mickey's a 
on the phone. Oh, hello, darling. <laughs> oh, bless. Vicky on the phone. We're talking about you. Oh, my God. How amazing that we can, like, record this podcast and we've got our babies now. Um, this is what I love about this podcast. It's so <laughs> yeah. great. She's, like, smiling her head off. Oh, that is so sweet. Um, hello. So your milk came in. A week, like only a week after? Um, yeah, a week after. So, um, yeah, just had to express and that was just just really difficult. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. in terms of I was up, they call it, I think it's super pumping or something. I don't know. Oh, my God. What does that mean? Well, you go every two hours just trying to up the ante and up the volume. Jesus. and So you were just a you know, cow, basically. Yeah, well, yeah. And like a moo cow. So much... Everyone's advice is well-meaning, and yeah. but even the lactation consultants all say something different. Yeah, and um, yeah. So when I was discharged from hospital, God, that was just a a fucking nightmare, to be honest. When they came in and said you'll be discharged, Mickey, I literally looked at them and I said, "What do you mean?" Yeah, and like I, how? And I, yeah, and I said, "Oh no!" I said, "No, no, no! Um, you've probably got the wrong room. My baby's in the NICU, meaning I'll be staying until." My baby comes. comes with me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they uh, it actually w- went down like a lead balloon, obviously, and I, ha- I stayed an extra two nights because yeah. they were able to have me there. Um, but, yeah, I didn't really cope very well at all. And, um, you know, who the worst was, you know, we get in the lift to leave and there are women standing there with their baby capsules and babies. <sighs> but, you know, and there's... But, you know, the only thing that I sort of kept thinking was some people leave hospitals with no baby ever. So That's really true. Holy shit. Yeah. I was like, this is part of our journey. And then it started where, hello, we um <laughs> would just go back there every day. So Ben would go in the morning for about 5 to 10 and I'd get there at 11 to, and stay till 7 with her, just sitting next to her and... Having her on skin to skin and pumping all the time, and you know when they're that little, she was having I think three hourly feeds and eight meals at a time. <laughs> wow! Yeah, <clears throat> so it was crazy, and um, yeah, we were in hospital for two and a half months, I think. Jesus! So that was every day for two months that you were, yeah, getting up, going to the hospital. Yeah, like basically our third trimester, we went through. All as you know, three people on the outside. Yeah. Jesus. So just, and you know what? Like when you actually look up for a minute, when you're in that NICU, there are people that have sometimes been there for longer, mm. or you know, there were really sad things where you know a baby would be wheeled past us in the middle of the night, and it'd be you know a 23 weeker or something, and the next week wouldn't be there. Oh. Wow. So it was just so difficult and. There's so much I've learned about premature babies and I think premature um, babies of preemie, mothers of babies that are preemie, um, it's a really different journey. It's just really different. I don't think like a lot of things in motherhood, it gets acknowledged enough. No, I, well, that's it. I know very, very little about preemie babies. The only reason I know anything about them is because I have triplet nephews who almost came at oh, like... Oh, would have been... Okay, yeah. Yeah, almost came at like 25 weeks. And then when they did come at like, you know, 33 weeks or yeah. whatever it was, was still like so crazy and hectic. But it's just... Yeah, so I would love to like tell us a little bit. How about like what was the what was the hardest thing for you, do you think, about having... Leaving her every single day. Oh. That, of course. Yeah. So it that was just so surreal. Just honestly, like I think I don't know. Maybe you know when you describe it. You know when you take your baby home and you go out for a first date night or something without them. Yeah. Or dropping them off at kindy. It was maybe like that times a million. Oh, at least just, a million. Yeah, like I'd I'd put her back in a little inky crib and I'd you know, wrap her up and what, you know, just little things. Right? I used to sometimes get really angry. They'd give you these little patches of material mm. and tell you just put these either under or next to your breast or in your bra or something. When you come back in, we put it into the crib with her because it smells like you. Yeah, right. And that's really incredible, but I would sometimes get really angry with that. And I was like, some people's babies get to nestle into their 
neck or chest or hair and Ooh. I get to put a piece of material in with my baby, you know. Did you feel like ripped off or like gypped? Um, I'm starting to sort of feel that now, I think. Mm. Um, I still like, I practice being grateful um, because I am. Yeah. But still sometimes I have to recognise that, you know, I didn't get that third trimester. I didn't get to mm. go on that leave a month early. Um, and, you know, one interesting thing is I never got really to nest and, you know, her nursery wasn't set up and yeah, I was actually too scared to set it up. People said, you know, go and do it while she's in hospital. And I thought mm. to myself, I was like, I'm too scared to set it up in case oh. it doesn't come out. Oh, my God. Well, that was one thing that I was thinking when you were telling your story. I was like, you wouldn't have been prepared, like even physically no. prepared as in like you wouldn't have, I mean, like, you know, you wouldn't have had a hospital bag ready. You wouldn't no. have had, there was so many, obviously, you turned out like you rocked up in your thongs and like yeah. togs. Okay. Like there was so much that I know like. It's funny people, yeah. like you see these things on Instagram or whatever, like, do you want to know what I brought into hospital with me? And I sometimes sit there and go, let's be real. You actually don't need much because women are fucking incredible yes. and you've already actually got everything you need. <laughs> Far out. Well, that's right. This. Write that down, everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, don't you spend all yeah. that money on shit for your hospital bag. Well, let's be honest. It would be really nice to have a really nice pair of pyjamas and things like that. But, you know, I think I saw the other day someone bringing a, like a face mask into hospital with this. Oh, no way. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. I was like, she's glam. Yeah, she's goals. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so – and did you have – had you even thought about, like, a birth plan or anything? Like, like what was your – in your head, um, I'm going to talk about idea? something that was actually really difficult. So yes. we – I had a few comments thrown around about a week before I was born when I made it quite – I was really open about it. I said, I don't have a birth plan. I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. And – I had had a few like um, medical complications previously, not pregnancy complications, that maybe would have led to a C-section. And mm. I had said, I'm just going to let the doctors decide what's best for me and the baby. That will be my plan. Yeah. And I came across a couple of people that had a real view on that. And I think one of the, the comments was, why would you have a C-section? Um, why would you do that to yourself? Really? Yeah, and this came from someone that um, actually has children. Yeah, that's And I just, I, and I remember at the time I had nothing to say back except the feeling was, you know, that real feeling of who the fuck are you? Yeah, yeah. And, and also I was sort of like, why don't you just want what's best for me? And you know? like, it's weird to me that it affects other people so much yeah, and I was like, like and where your baby comes you? out of. Yeah. And um, where was I going with that? Yeah, so I didn't really have a plan. My plan was just a healthy baby, yeah. Um, yes, which yeah. I feel grateful to have gotten. But on that as well, like so many women that have – so there's a statistic. So 90, 92% of premature babies are unexpected. So sometimes, you know, like if there are pregnancy complications, they can predict or – pull a baby out early and things like that. Mm. But otherwise, 92% are a surprise. Yeah. And I think it's a really, really high percentage as well of that 92% are emergency C-sections. So those oh, wow. women actually don't have a choice no. of how they're going to birth their baby. And it made me feel really adamant and strong about that. It actually doesn't matter how your baby comes into the world. You are just this absolute legend. Oh, I could not agree with you more. That is exactly why I'm doing this and why like I want people to share their stories because so many people, I mean like mums are judgy cunts anyway, but like, (laughs) and, but people are so, it's not until you experience, like for a lot of people, you don't realise how judgy you are. No, but having said that as well, like I actually mean that for however your baby becomes your baby and that could be by adoption or on paper. Like, when people just try to discredit how someone brings a child into the world, it's just, it's love. Like, yes. that's it. And, oh. you know, Nikki, I read your post last week about Breastfeeding Awareness Week and all of that sort of stuff. Like, it is fed is best. Yeah. That, that's it. Yep. And, you know what, a baby will actually not remember how you fed them. They remember how you loved them. Oh, like, it makes me cry again. Yeah, yes. but it's true. And that's <laughs> it is. I'm like, I'm like, well, 
for all the people that think informed is best, I'll say it, take that information. Like, look at how you loved your kids. Yep. Yeah, they don't That's give a it. fuck. They don't care about the papers that you read or the books that you read or, like, what your mum said or your mother-in-law said or whatever. They don't give no. a fuck. They no. Just, they just care about you. And it's the same, like, I know I have a lot of um, friends who are stepmums and, like, just love the shit out of those kids. Like, love and parent, like, being yeah. a parent has nothing to do with anything except for just loving that kid, you know? Like that's it. I'm so that's passionate it. about that, and yeah, I that's think it. you've absolutely hit the nail on the head with that. That's it. Oh, hello, Quinn. Oh. Say hi, Mickey. <gasps> hello, darling. What a bloody <laughs> blessing you are. I know. And, and you Even me... when I hear that cry, I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Is do you feel like? Do you have, I guess, almost like an, a new perspective on yourself? And did it make you just realize how? strong you are and what you can uh cope with no, or like not, not really yet. not yet maybe that will come in time I yeah. I hold a lot of guilt um mm. you know like we still have to go to a lot of follow-up appointments obviously they just yeah. watch preemie babies a little bit closer and sometimes when we're sitting there in that waiting room I'm like we wouldn't be here if I could have kept her you know oh. for that bit longer and that's really hard that would be that's so hard, hard. Do you think that's but, almost know. part oh, of bye. like the, I know he's just having a chat, is that, do you know, like, are there any sort of Premi support groups or anything like that? Have you spoken to other Premi not many Premi support groups. Um, oh. I've got a really great girlfriend, Georgie, and she had Premi twins. They came oh. nine weeks early. We actually met in the NICU. Yeah. And she's probably actually one of the only people I can talk to about stuff where I'm like, you know, do they do this? And like, it's a Premi thing. Yeah, like they get it's you know, almost like yeah. being a mum, only other mums get it, you know? Often you yeah. need to like it would be the same thing, I guess. I mean, and you know, like with your typical mums groups and things like that, the the one that the hospital feeds you into. <laughs> I lasted, I think, thirty five seconds at mine oh, really? because um there was a conversation and one of the mums was talking and she said, um I said something about movement, I think. Mm. I was talking about, Oh, I'm watching Quinn move and she does this, this and this and this mum looked at me and she said Oh, yeah, but, you know, you would have felt her doing that inside you, so it's the same thing. And, you know, that well-meaning and all of that, and I was very sensitive at the time and in my head I went, but I actually didn't feel her do that because she came well before that was even, you know, part of her, you know, development. She wasn't there yet. And did she know that um, Quinn was primmy? She did, but that's the thing. People don't know what that actually sort of means. Yeah, yeah. That's actually very true. So, yeah, and, and like you can't get ang- – I used to sometimes get really angry and never actually say anything, but that's when I knew that my journey was, you know, very, very different. Mm. You know, I was like there are, you know, people have full-term babies, but, you know, with Quinn as a preemie, like we recently had um, emergency hernia surgery for her, which is not overly common in girls, but because she's a preemie, um, part of her abdominal wall just didn't form properly. Yeah, right. So, you know, that's a little thing. And then, you know, with premies, they say that logically sometimes they can be their birth age, but, you know, physically and developmentally they are their corrected age. Yeah. So she can get really frustrated because she's obviously trying to communicate, but she's only able to do the things that a three-and-a-half-month-old can do. Yeah. And, like, knowing, yeah, I guess, like, for you mentally just reminding yourself, like where she's at corrected. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like when people say, oh, oh, you said she was six months. Why isn't she doing this? And it's like because, you know, and having to explain it sometimes brings it back. But I think it's really important for people to understand, you know, the preemie journey. And, you know, any mum that's out there that's, that's had a preemie baby, they, they'll just, it's it's a different world, but yeah. for me, it actually did open my eyes to being a lot more empathetic to mum. <laughs> yeah, and things like you know, I'd get in the lift, and you know, I'd be there, and I'd be like, oh, you just never know what these people are going through. So just be nice. That's so like, true. If someone's looking for something in a building and they look confused, ask them what they're looking for if you can help them. <laughs> yeah, like don't be an asshole. <laughs> I know it just comes down to having compassion I guess that's like yeah. one thing that I've really tried to like 
learn. And that's it because like a lot of the time you, like for me, I could never, ever understand, like we'll never be able to fully understand what you have gone through or understand like what it would be like to have a preemie baby or anything like that. Like there's no way that I could, but all I can do is like just have compassion and ask, I reckon. Do you think like, do you? Well, I actually, um, I had a girlfriend the other day and she's a new girlfriend and she's the best, but she said to me, I don't mean to be funny, but um, like when does Quinn get teeth? Does she get them at her corrected age or her normal age? And it actually felt really nice that she'd actually, you know, just asked. Yeah, like actually just, yeah. She wanted to know. But I think that's what's really important about, you know, it's those simple things when you feel like someone's interested in you, it makes a world of difference. Yeah. And acknowledges, like acknowledges what you've been through and acknowledges um, Quinn's situation and your situation. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's so much, there's so much crap out there that people can just throw at you, and the biggest thing is just to actually be really human about it. Yeah, yes, and being honest, you know. Are you saying hi, Nikki? Hello. Yeah. Thank you for coming on my podcast, Quinn. <laughs> sorry, not overly focused now. Oh my goodness, definitely don't be sorry. This is a podcast for mums. I'm sure everyone can understand. Um, well, we might wrap it up soon, but yeah, I just wanted sorry. to ask. No, don't stop. You know how I feel about apologising. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, what do you think would be your advice to people when it comes yeah. to understand? I guess like talking to someone who's been through or going through. Um, like a premi having a premi yes what do you think like what um, what did you want biggest, to hear one of the biggest things and this is definitely in hindsight is to acknowledge the premi milestones okay so there's things like you know premi babies when they're born before a certain gestation hold on in the 30 seconds because no. i just thought this out she will be quiet that is totally fine i just threw molly on the boob <laughs> um I think it's uniform across motherhood, though. It's like respecting the choices of mm-hmm. the mother and whatever they decide. But receiving for a premier mother is really, really difficult um, because premiers, they don't learn to latch until about 38 or 39 weeks because they actually can't. Oh, like they haven't developed the... Yeah. Oh. They, don't, they haven't got the development in their mouth to latch onto the breast. So it, it, that's a whole other story. Supporting so was she... So how was she fed then at the beginning? Was it by so, a tube? Yes, by a nasal gastric tube that goes into her nose. Yeah. It was hooked up to a little sort of um, syringe that we just used to pour my, my breast milk into. Yeah, right. Yeah. And did she eventually – sorry, I'm just now intrigued. Um, yeah. And did she – were you able to breastfeed? I was able to breastfeed for a little while. Um, yeah. She – had a tough tie, wasn't really interested because premiers don't actually feel the sensation of hunger the way that um, a term baby would because you're on top of their feeding before they even know they're hungry. Gotcha. So, wow, interesting. Yeah. So we, um, she was exclusively breastfed and then mixed fed and now she's a happy formula baby. and on you. That is amazing. Yeah. And the thing with premiers, and a lot of premier mothers will understand this, is with a bottle, obviously, you know what they're getting. Yeah. And the biggest focus for premier babies is weight gain. And the last thing you want to do is get home and have a midwife say, you have to go back into hospital. Oh, Jesus. Um, to sort of feeding out. Um, yeah, but if, if we just wanted to go back to it, if I think acknowledging premier milestones. So, you know, premier babies, if they're born before 34 weeks, which is actually really common, mm. they have a whole series of tests, like testing that their eyes have developed properly, um, that little reflexes have developed properly, which obviously with a term baby are already just there. Yeah. Yeah, so checking in on that stuff. And then just like with every new mum, like if you've got parents sitting in the NICU, um, they probably actually want to pop out for a break. Yeah. So choose a restaurant, choose a cafe near the hospital and ask them to pop out. Yeah. And help. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just uh, all those that, that things. Was, yeah, just all those tiny little things or, you know, ask them, you know, can I drive you to the hospital one day or, you know, what can I do while you are at the hospital? Yeah, you know, let me fold some washing for you. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, it, it just anything. Just, it's all about being a good human, really. But they're things that come to front of mind. And I guess um, a brand that does really great penny baby clothes that actually suit is Pure Baby. What's that? Oh, and the Pure Baby Pure clothes. Baby and Target. Yeah, they do great penny clothes. So Quinn was basically in an oversized singlet that I tried to jazz up for four weeks. But because no primary could fit her. And one of the best feelings is being able to put her into a little onesie. Oh, um, I that bet. actually fits. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, acknowledging the primary baby and, and as they are is great. I, mean, I love that. Sorry. Are, I just want to go back to that. Acknowledging yeah. the primary baby as they are, like for yeah. who they are, for exactly who they are, not for them being not no. um, full term or not anything like that. That's them perfectly as they are who they are yeah yeah that's really like, beautiful and then and all babies are magical and every birth yeah. story is incredible but you know just that, that was one of the things that I've you know, worked through with a therapist of mine is she's you know she said I just get this real feeling that you want Quinn's entrance to the world to be acknowledged and, and that's what I want yeah you know she wasn't birthed in a normal way and she's a real little fighter oh that's so special yeah. I'm so and, yeah, it's sorry, go on. It's crazy. Like with the clothes, you know, I was like, oh, why aren't there clothes for pretty babies? They exist. Yeah. Like that was my sort of feeling, you know. Yeah, like you wish that there was just, I guess like they are, they are very not acknowledged, like not, not acknowledged, but you know, we're just so unaware of these things. And it's like a lot yeah. of stuff. There's so many people and like a lot of the emails that I was getting, there were like a lot of people going, I just want people to understand. Or I just would love to tell my story because, and like exactly how, what but you were every saying. Every mother should have that chance. Every mother has that, like has to have that opportunity. Well, especially the ones where it's not just the norm, you know, like yeah. we can all kind of understand the, the normal, what's not, yeah, like, you know, just the the healthy, happy, like exactly goes to plan, um, all that kind of stuff. We get that. But there's just yeah. there's so many things that aren't discussed. Whether exactly. Yeah. You know, there was one thing that actually just fell on me the other day that um, you know, I was thinking about, and it was how many pairs of hands held her before I did. Wow. You know, I was like, there's a surgeon, there's a midwife, there's the ped, there were the NICU nurses, there were the NICU doctors. And it was just, you know, I wasn't going to dwell on it, but it was, that's a fact. Yeah. You know, and little things like, you know, I was the first to say, thank God for the milk bank at the hospital where um, mothers that have oversupply are able to donate their milk and colostrum for other babies. Um, and Quinn had that before she had my milk. Um, and that's difficult. Yeah, I don't choose to dwell on it, but it's hard. Oh, it absolutely would be. You know, like I think that um, that's like a really. I know with a lot of the emails that I got through, a lot of them were from people who the story was no matter how it went, they didn't get to their baby got taken away from them straight away after yeah. having them. And, oh, it's heartbreaking. Oh, and that is where I noticed, like that's where a lot of. Um, those women, they then said, you know, I like suffered from postnatal and pretty much every single one of them, that was the story. Like that just not their baby being taken away from them. That was just heartbreaking. And it would be, I could not imagine having like gone through my birth with my babies and then getting through it and then not having them straight away. Yeah. That would be really hard. I'll send you a bit later on the, the photos from the birth, a couple of candid ones that we got. And, you know, she was lying on a table, oh um, like a little, you know, metal wheelie thing a metre away from me and I couldn't touch her, <sighs> you know. And it's just, oh, it's awful. It's just, it, it, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. And, you know, there were times where, you know, my partner did actually say to me, I was worried that, you know, you weren't connecting with her and things like that, which is very, very common. But also I was... In shock, you know, like oh, the shock yeah. of motherhood, but the shock of what is she doing here? Well, and, and just the shock of everything you just went, like, as I said, you weren't mentally prepared. Exactly. So you yeah. were just trying to catch up on what exactly. just went on. Like your brain was like, what the fuck just happened? Exactly. I mean, 
you know, I had a to-do list on my desk at work and I'd left things at work prepared to go back the next day. Jesus. And then I never did. And, you know, that, that's even the most unorganised person can probably relate to that. But I'm a pretty organised person, so it was hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, so. <laughs> it was so hard, yeah. I mean, it's just like imagine leaving your organised chaos behind for something you didn't know. Oh, and how, how was your work with it all and your boss? They were amazing. That's so you know, good. My boss jokes about it. He's like, yeah, well, you know, you didn't really have a choice. And I said, well, you know what? I actually did try to get my computer to the hospital, but <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always screamed at a few nurses about exactly. it. But... <laughs> exactly. Well, he's fantastic. But, oh, that's you know, he, so good. You know, I was really open with him through my pregnancy. I mean, especially, you know, I remember sitting down with him going, so you know that this is my dream job, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, um. And I've only been here for three months now. And he went, yeah. And I said, I'm actually pregnant. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um. (laughs) Yeah. And he just said to me, he said, like, he actually said, I want you to experience this in full and work comes second, you know. And he 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 said to me, if there's a day, and this guy's as corporate as they come. Yeah. But he said to me, if there's a day where you want to be at home and rub your belly and put your feet up, you do that. That is actually amazing. He sounds yeah. awesome. Wish all bosses yeah, were like that. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, I know that he'll make my return to work a little bit easier as well just by having that attitude. Yes. Oh, my God. If only every single boss ever could just take a... No, take a leaf out of that. Yes. It's an adjustment for everyone. Holy shit. Your story is amazing. Well, Quinn's story, both Thank of your story. You. It is really amazing and so special. And I'm just have absolutely loved having you tell it because like Oh my god, Nikki, I shit myself when I got your email back. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Yeah, I was like, What? And I was looking at Quinn, I was like, Quinn, you're gonna get your little story. <laughs> oh, oh my god, you're gonna make me cry. I'm so emotional at the moment. What the fuck? Hormones are so Aww. nuts. But like actually though, no wonder I'm crying. But I will send you some gorgeous pictures and, you know, thank you. Oh, well, no, it has been, thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And Quinn's story is going to touch so many people and I hope it just really, um, really opens people's eyes and their hearts and really just makes them more compassionate and understanding of yeah, like the Premier journey, just something that so many of us know nothing about. You know what? Like, if you're a premier mom and sitting in a NICU right now oh. and you need something and you can't get up, just ask. Oh. Everyone wants to help you. Yes. And one of the biggest things, and this is how I met Georgie, a great girlfriend of mine, is I just smiled at her. And we just instantly, obviously, connected. And yeah. from then on, she's just become my friend. And She's got two privileges of her own and, you know, we look at our little kids now and we're just like, oh, my God. But, you know, and it's just sharing that little bit of info. Like I remember the first time I spoke to Georgie, she was actually saying, like, there are no clothes out there for babies. And I kind of popped my head over and I said, I don't want to interrupt you, but I was eavesdropping, but look up this brand. And, you know, to give that little bit of happiness to another premier mum was, was great because I'll, I'll never forget the look on her face when she took the photos and dressed the little boys up in her little in their oh, little outfit. That is so you know, special. Little people. But yeah, I'll ask her if we can send us, send you some pictures of yeah, our I little would love nursery. <gasps> I would love that so much. Can you say hi to Mickey. Oh. It's just there's something really special about sharing. Like even that you just said just then when you said to Georgie, like just sh- sharing with each other, sharing your stories, sharing what you've been through, you know that? Like you, we underestimate how healing and how much power there oh, is huge. in sharing and being honest and being vulnerable yeah. because like it gives other people the the um, the permission to do the same. Exactly. And you know what? Like tell me what you think is weird. I don't like. I, I might not have heard it before, but you're not going to get a weird look from me. Tell me the weirdest thing that's happened to you, or what you're thinking about your babies. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, nothing off limits. <laughs> no, and and like the fact that like another mum could say something to you, and you're like, I know. It just it makes you feel like you're a part of something in at a time where you feel like you don't even know who you are anymore. Yes, that's so true. And that's the big thing about like becoming a mum is you have to relearn, your, like relearn, not relearn yourself. You have to learn the new you. 
you as a mother. Yeah, I don't know, Mickey, and that's what I love so much about your page and, like, everything and bringing everyone together is, like, this, you know, you can say something that sounds really brash, like, you know, our identity was ripped away from us and things like that, and, you know, that is a way of looking at it, but it's every single thing changes. Like, I wouldn't recognise the person I was 12 months ago, yet I loved that person Mm. beyond anything you know yeah and now my life is completely different and I'm learning to love myself again yeah and it is it is like that different it's like being in your early 20s going through the who am I what am I doing like what is existence like that whole stage but instead of just like you know slut dropping on the dance floor and drinking (laughs) heaps you are like sleep deprived for reasons that have nothing to do with like pingers. Exactly. And nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. And you're just but drinking lots you of the coffee. Tie, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. You're just getting spewed on, but like, it's not your own spew. And I know. like, yeah, your boobs are getting sucked on, but like, not by some like hot guy at the dance club or something, you know? Like, it's just same, yeah. same, but different, but way more. It's yeah, so different. <laughs> yeah. But- you know, one thing I feel really grateful about is like I've been raised and brought up and in, in some really amazing circles with really strong women and that one thing they all have in common, whether or not they're mums or not, is that they lift other women up. And that sounds so cliche and, nope. you know, all of that thing. But, you know, they if they see someone doing a good job, they call it. Yes. And it means everything. It does. Oh, you know, I couldn't agree like, more. It's just, and that's what I, you know, like love about your little community and, you know, it's mm. just, it's, it's, but it's just the, the, I think the best piece of advice that you can actually give a new mum is like, you do what works for you. Yep. Yes. And Be- that's it. Every person's different. Every child so is different. different. So you know, different. There is no one way. No. And there's like, you know, people come from different demographics and cultures and religions and mm-hmm. all of that thing. But like, honestly, as like, like women, there's a, there's a common gene, like scientifically and actually. Ooh. So just play on it. Like just lift each other up yeah. all the time. Absolutely. I, no. yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it just, oh, I like was literally crying the other day talking and thinking about how much I just love watching women lift each other up because it is it's so beautiful and it's so powerful and like if we don't have each other's backs then who does you know like exactly exactly yeah it's so special and like especially I think once you've had a kid you realize again this is why I just was so um passionate about talking about birth stories because how do we even fucking do it and survive? Like we are insane. We are amazing. Like it blows my mind how amazing we are. So Well, it should put things like, you know, the breastfeeding into perspective. If you can't do it, cool, whatever. But you grew a human. Full yeah, stop. Right? Like, like you whipping your boob out is just as much as an accomplishment as like sorting out your formula. Oh, <laughs> it's like it's so much more of an accomplishment, I reckon. If you, that shit's harder. <laughs> you know, Honestly, like sometimes tracking down your formula is hard. <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah, I'm just I'm just in awe of women and mums, and I just think everyone's oh, amazing. Crazy. But I think what got to me as well is I've got a lot of friends that have babies, and you know, acquaintances that have babies, and those acquaintances. You know, you connect with them on Instagram and things like that. When I had Quinn, the ones that came out of the woodwork and are now actually, I couldn't, I couldn't have done it without them. Yeah, you know, they'd yep. reach out all the time and just help. And given how busy a new mummy is, for just to know that they'd taken that time out of their day as well to help me, made me want to just pay it forward and do the same. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it just, you know, just a quick text message or even something. Funny. One of the best things actually when I was in the NICU, so this is a little tip, was a girlfriend of mine saying, when you're done scrolling through Instagram and you're over it and a bit mind numbed, I need you to help me with this. And it had nothing to do with Quinn or the baby or anything. And she made me feel like by helping her, you know, that I I still had it. And like just reminded you of you, like she wanted you for you. Not, yeah, and yeah, and I can't even remember what she asked me to help her with, but it was it had nothing to do with baby, and and it was the best. Oh, that would have been yes, that's so true. Yeah, like she was like, I know that you'll be able to help me because you're great with this. So, yeah, that's was, amazing. Yeah. 
Well, that's really good advice for everyone. (laughs) Everyone wants to feel useful and everyone is useful. That's the thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, all right. Well, this has been, it has been absolute, as I said, such a pleasure having you on the show, Laura. I really thank you so much for sharing your story and thank you for being so brave and so passionate about sharing Quinn's story. Like Marley's just also wrapping it up. He's just like, hey, Marley. He's a chatter yeah. like his mama. Yeah, um, I love him. <laughs> I wonder, tell me what his first words are going to be. Make sure you keep us all posted. Oh, I hope it's mum. Maddie's was dad and I was so off it. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> I was thinking it might be more I like brought you into the world. world. <laughs> yes. Maybe it will be. Who Doesn't knows? Be more candid. But, you know, <laughs> thanks for giving us the space to be mums, Nikki. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Big crying again. All right. Well, Stop thank it. you so, so much. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, it's been wonderful. And bye, my darling Quinn. Thank you for bye, Mickey. gracing us with your beautiful presence. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, love. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye. bye. Please Ask Mickey is a Hit Network original podcast produced at Hit 105 Studios in Brisbane. Created, hosted, and produced by Michaela Burnett. Check out pleaseaskmickey.com. Editorial support from Julia Foskey, executive producers Scott McDonald and Matthew Eggleston. For more great audio stories, check out hit.com.au.